And for today, I think I'll say every week. Hello? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. And I apologize for all the tech issues. Well, I better be your first guest when you have that. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Okay, so first of all, sharsheret, just so the word is a hard word. So let me explain. Sharsheret is the Hebrew word for chain. And it symbolizes all the connections that we can make for women and families who are facing breast cancer and ovarian cancer. We connect women with other women who are sharing same experiences. We connect women with helpful resources, financial assistance, mental health counselors, um, all the things you need to address all the non-medical issues you're facing from the time you're at risk for cancer, diagnosed with cancer, or even into survivorship year. So that's why Sharsharit is Hebrew for the word chain. So we're all connected. So if you think about the visual, everyone who's connected to Sharsharit like UV, we're a link in the chain. And together, we strengthen the chain for all women facing breast cancer and ovarian cancer. So the organization was founded in November 2001. So we're almost going on 22 years. Can you share a little bit about her story? Yeah, and it's actually quite timely when you think about it. So Rochelle Shorix is the founder of Sharsharet. She was a 28-year-old young woman, otherwise healthy. She was a young mom. She was a rising attorney. She had clerked for Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And at the time, there were no, there was no one her age at 28 dealing with what she was dealing with. There were many offers for her to speak with grandmothers and aunts, but really no one that she could talk to as a young mom to talk about balancing career and cancer, talking to her kids. She had a three-year-old and a five-year-old intimacy with her partner. Like that's not what these older women were talking about. And then she was introduced to another young mom who was about six months ahead of her in her breast cancer journey. And she walked her through it, all those steps. And she said, you know, there must be other young women like us out there. Let's start a group. If we can help five women a year, we'll be successful. And in the first year, a thousand women reached out, a thousand. They wanted to be connected to other women. They wanted to talk about these issues. They, they were all active. They were young. They weren't, they needed help, but they didn't want it from the older women. And 
that's how it started back in 2001. And the reason I say it's timely is because Rochelle lived in New Jersey and she was diagnosed in the summer of 2001. And then she was scheduled to have her first chemotherapy appointment in on September 11th, 2001. And she was supposed to drive into Manhattan. Um, and we all know that September 11th were the attacks in New York City on the World Trade Center. And she could not get to her first chemo appointment because she couldn't get over the bridge into Manhattan. So that day was a very stressful day for the entire world, but we'll also remember it on a very personal level for Rochelle. She had to push off her treatment and start, you know, a few weeks later. and of course we all we all know many people because we we Rochelle was living in New Jersey so it was just a tragic day on and you know for everyone in the country and across the world so you know, we remember, you know, with respect for those who, who were lost. Well, big impact talking to people situation. And so with, she's a born with breast cancer. So when she first started her organization, was it only focused? Yeah, that's what she, that's what she had, you know, she had experienced. And then years later, I'd say maybe around 2008, 2009, when there was more conversation about cancer genetics and the close relationship ovarian cancer has with breast cancer and the BRCA gene, the BRCA gene mutations, and both being primarily female cancers, there was a lot of interest and a lot of pressure on Sharsharet to also address women facing ovarian cancer. They don't tend to have as many resources or conversations surrounding ovarian cancer. And we had accumulated all this knowledge that could be applied also to ovarian cancer. So we made um, a conscious decision to expand to also include, and we've met women who had both cancers. Because if they're carrying a gene mutation, it can increase both cancers. So, and families that had ovarian cancer had women who were diagnosed with breast cancer. So, there was a lot of overlap, and it made sense for at that point in Charcharit's history, if we were going to expand, it should be to something somewhat related. And ovarian cancer made the most sense. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to, you, you know, and, and when we see there's increasing for other cancers too. So it's really important that we have these conversations because people don't realize that understanding family history and understanding related cancers 
can help protect your health in the future. Well, thank you for that also. Thank you for that. Your good work that you're doing. So, yes, we have a genetic counselor on staff who is fantastic. She understands all of cancer genetics. And it doesn't cost anything. And it, you don't have to. You can make an appointment from your home or from your car or from your office. She's available remotely, which is amazing. And she understands everything. And she can guide you on what your risk is and how to go for genetic testing and little tips. Like for example, if you're considering genetic testing, you don't have to worry that they'll be discriminated like for health insurance if you come out positive, but it is hard to get life insurance. So what she would tell people is if you're considering genetic testing, set up your life insurance in advance before you get your results and things like that that you need to know. She also explains what it means to be diagnosed positive or diagnosed with negative. It's a negative doesn't mean that's the end of the story. You may have to do other things. Just getting a negative result is, doesn't mean, you know, that's the end of the story. Family history plays an important part, your background, um, and also what's going on in your life. So it's very, I would recommend anyone on this call who is considering genetic testing or has done genetic testing, wants to know if they should do it again or understand the results. You can reach out to Peggy at Charsharet. Her email is, and we can put it up afterwards, pcatrell at charsharet.org. She'll set up a one-on-one -on -one call. You're the only person on with her. You can bring a family member if you want. It's free. It's confidential. And she will give you all the guidance you need to do to make an informed decision on when and if you should, if you should do genetic testing and how to do it. So the truth is it's gone down a lot. If you had tested years ago within the thousands, it's still it's still $250, which is not nothing. But we do have places that are doing studies and places where you can get financial assistance. So she can also help with that. We have special codes. So but you can probably get genetic testing for $250 or less. Um, but again, Peggy is the expert and she can help you find very affordable genetic testing. We do not recommend that people do something like 23andMe, which is primarily for entertainment purposes. We really recommend you speak with a genetic counselor like Peggy and go to reliable laboratories that will do a full comprehensive genetic test that really addresses your genetics based on your background. Okay, so everybody's born with a BRCA gene. 
It's, it stands for breast cancer. But this gene, this gene, if there's something wrong with it, something you have a mutation, you increase your risk for cancer. So if you are a woman who is carrying a genetic mutation in the BRCA in a BRCA gene in a in a BRCA gene, you have a significantly increased risk for breast cancer up to 80% and for ovarian cancer it could be anywhere between 40 and 60%. So this is a much greater risk. Look, our greatest risk for cancer these cancers is being by women, being women. That's a huge risk. But when you carry mutation, it shoots up significantly. And not only that, if you are diagnosed with cancer and you find out you carry a gene mutation, you're going to get a different treatment than someone who doesn't carry the mutation. There's been a lot of research and a lot of development surrounding medication and treatment targeting cancers that are caused by genetic mutations. So, which is good news for people who are unlucky to get this mutation, that there's there are medications that go directly to your type of cancer and can help prevent recurrence. And also for men, you mentioned men. So that's really important. A lot of people don't know this. Like if somebody says to you, oh, what's your family history of breast cancer, ovarian cancer? They tend to think of their mom's family. But the dad's family is equally as important because a man can carry these mutations and pass them on. So for men, it's important because number one, they could pass it on to their daughters and their sons. But they themselves, if they carry a mutation, they're at increased risk for pancreatic cancer, prostate cancer, melanoma, and male breast cancer. So that's why when we talk about BRCA, BRCAG mutations, it's not just about women, it's about the men too. So if they're on this call, if you have any men and you're thinking about genetic testing, you can call Peggy too. Sharshara helps men too. like I want to give you an example so you understand so we had a woman who called us because her father's father had pancreatic cancer and she had no idea that that had any impact on her. So when she went to the doctor, she always said, oh, there's no breast cancer. There's no ovarian cancer in my family. Well, the father ended up testing because he had pancreatic cancer and it found out that he had a BRCA gene mutation. So she and her sister tested and now they know that they have BRCA gene mutations. So there was no breast cancer, there was no ovarian cancer, but she knew that prostate or pancreatic could be related. So when her father tested, it educated the whole family and he probably through his diagnosis is saving the whole family's lives because now they'll do extra surveillance and take other measures to protect their health. 
For sure. It saves lives. Early detection saves lives. So the answer is yes. Sharsharat's one-on-one support, and this is with skilled, trained social workers or the genetic counselor. You are could be at any point in the cancer journey. Look, when you go for a mammogram and every woman starting at 40 should be getting her mammograms. And if someone in your family had cancer, you start 10 years earlier. But you sometimes on a mammogram, they'll find something and it's very scary and they do a biopsy. And waiting for the results is very stressful. You can call Sharsharit at that time just to help you manage that because you're not telling anybody. And it's a very isolating experience. And that fear of maybe being diagnosed with cancer is a time to reach out to Sharsharit and we can help you. And then, like you said, you could be 10 years out of a cancer treatment and a survivor and new issues come up or you're concerned about children that you have. Maybe you have a daughter who's a teenager, you know, or, you know, thinking about getting married and how does it affect her? You can call Sharsharit. Really, at every stage, we say before, during and after cancer. Well, we are, we are where you are. So wherever you are, we do a ton of virtual events. So first I'll put that out there and I'll do a little promo for us. I don't know when this is airing, but it's going to be archived if it's not. But for Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month, we are doing a webinar um, that's called, Should I Take Out My Ovaries? A lot of women are asking, like, they're very scared of getting ovarian cancer. Should I take them out? And when do I take them out? You know, the Ovarian Cancer Research Alliance recommends that if any woman whose past childbearing years is going in for pelvic surgery, she should remove her fallopian tubes. So I have friends who are calling me, so does that mean I should take them out? Should I take them out now? How does it work? So we're going to have three gynecologic oncologists come on to a webinar. Very quick. You can watch from home. No big deal. And ask your personal questions. They're going to share their own experience. Two of them, I think, are Baraka gene carriers, and they're in the field, and they themselves have gone through testing and um, trying to prevent ovarian cancer and breast cancer. So I encourage everyone, it's a free webinar. Maybe you can share it with your viewers um, for September 20th, and you can learn a lot about prevention and what you can do to protect your health. And that's the kind of education outreach we're doing. APM, APM Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific. And then whatever is central somewhere in between, I don't know. <laughs> so if you could remind them on all, you know, as we get closer, it's next Tuesday, next Wednesday, uh, next Wednesday. So definitely if you want to remind everybody, we would love that. As many people as we can get on, as more people will save their lives.
as we glorify Things are coming back positive. You just kind of want to make sure that you're okay. But you take these out so that we don't have to worry about the cancer. And they, and they don't know where ovarian cancer starts, right? There's a question. It could be in the fallopian tubes, which that's what they're thinking. So it really should probably be called fallopian tube cancer. But by the time it presents, they find it in the ovaries. So it's really good that we're having these conversations because if you are past childbearing years, it does, you know, you, there are things they can do. So maybe you don't start menopause so early. But they are definitely seeing almost 100% success rate by removing these fallopian tubes. And their women are not getting ovarian cancer that under other circumstances may have died from ovarian cancer. So it makes a difference. Yeah. So on average, we do about 500 events a year. So we're on 150 college campuses. We are out there educating young women and men about their risk, the importance of knowing family history, um, and how to care for loved ones. Many people on college campuses have moms or sisters or aunts or they themselves are at risk. So we educate them on understanding the incidence of cancer and also how to care for family members, which I think community members and, and your community, how do we help those of our community who are going through cancer? What are helpful ways? And we do that. So because we start on college campuses, there are 150 college campuses every year doing events for Sharsharit. And then in local communities, we do events wherever you want. You could be playing a uh, bingo and they have an educational component Sharshara will send a speaker and give out materials and show videos so you're going there for a night of entertainment and we'll, we'll stick in the education at the same time and people like that they don't want to come out and hear about cancer necessarily but they want to come out to be social meet people and also learn about how to take care of their health so we're doing events like that so as soon as we find a volunteer in a community who says hey i'd love for you to come to our local center and do an event we're there we're sending people we have volunteers we train people to speak all over the country and we are we are in oklahoma you're going to be our speaker at the next event when someone calls us we're like we have an amazing speaker check out share the tea with v she's going to be your speaker Okay, so that's like a bar and bat mitzvah. So when Jewish kids become 13 years old, they're considered adults. And very often as part of the celebration of this milestone, they want to do something that is social action. So we have these young adults who are out there in their community and they do some kind of social action. 
in celebration of this milestone. So it doesn't have to be strictly for bar and bat mitzvah girls and boys. It could be really anyone in their community as they mark a milestone can do things. So they'll do things like raise money, raise awareness. Um, sometimes they'll do a baking activity and dedicate the evening to someone who might be going through cancer and everyone will do a prayer. Um, so there's all different types of things. Maybe they'll create interesting projects for young kids whose moms are going through cancer. So it could be anything they do. They can go, we created these chemo kits. They brought them to a cancer ward in their community and handed them out to women during treatment. So it depends what their social action is. Sometimes it's related to cancer and sometimes it's raising money. Um, and sometimes it's just a good deed. Like they'll help younger kids study for a test, whatever it is, but they'll dedicate it. Um, and Sharsharat will help them plan that project so it's meaningful. And then when they have their birthday celebration or their, what we say, B'nai Mitzvah, the Bar Mitzvah or the Bat Mitzvah, they then speak and they share some kind of important information, whether it's statistics or what Sharsharat does. So it becomes social action. Yes, yes. And I have to tell you, it's actually so good because, my, so I talk about Sharsharat all the time. So, and it's, I brought it to my kids' school because they have Pink Day. Sharsharat runs Pink Day in schools, high schools all across the country in February. So when a good friend of mine was diagnosed, her she told her son, he was like a ninth grade in high school. And she said, you know, I was just diagnosed with breast cancer. He said, oh, breast cancer, is that Sharsharat? And she said, yeah, he's like, oh, you're going to be okay. So it took the fear factor out because these kids were so used to seeing Pink Day and doing awareness and doing um, these social action activities that when his mom was going through it, he wasn't, he wasn't scared and he was empowered to help her. And, you know, today she's doing great and he's doing great. So it's important to have these conversations with your kids at an appropriate level. Like we don't give them things that's not appropriate for them. So Pink Day is in, it's right. It, everyone thinks Pink Day is October, but we we know breast cancer is every day, right? Honestly, it's not October. So it started out that a few schools said, like, we can't do it in October. It's just when the school year starts, like here in, in the East Coast, we start like after Labor Day. So to do something in October, they're like, we don't have enough time. And college campuses too. So now I think it's the first or second Wednesday every year hundreds of high schools and colleges and organizations and stores dedicate a day to raising awareness in the middle of February. And everybody wears pink. It's very um, engaging on Instagram. And we're sending multiple resources. Anyone, we, we print thousands and thousands of brochures and flyers. Um, and then ultimately, we get calls from women who say, I learned about you because of my kid and pink day or my organization, everyone was wearing pink and we asked why. And I have these questions and I knew about Sharshara. Yes, Pink Day 2024. We're already signed up. When I met your associate at the, uh, oh goodness. Don't leave me now. Sorry, my, my mind was like 
Right. So Sharsharit is a Jewish organization. We were started by a Jewish woman. Uh, the Jewish community is known to have a higher incidence of the BRCA gene mutation. There's been studies on this community, but that doesn't mean that women in other communities do not carry the mutation. We just have a concentrated number, so one in 40, but there are those outside the Jewish community definitely who are carrying the BRCA gene mutation and also have cancer. So our programs are open and are serving women and men of all backgrounds, and you just have to be comfortable with the word Jewish. It's going to be there, and there are Jewish holiday observances, but they're very welcoming, very inclusive, um, and we welcome everybody. And honestly, there's a lot of overlap in all different communities of all different backgrounds, and things that you want to take advantage of, you're more than welcome to, and those that you don't, you know, that's okay too. So yes, it's very Jewish and includes everybody anywhere of any background. Yeah, you are you are welcome. And the truth is about 20% of the women who reach out to Sharsharit are not Jewish. That really takes a, a significant impact in the community. Well, I definitely think the webinars are great. We have something called a summit. So for two weeks in October, we will be doing multiple webinars. We're doing a pre-summit with the ovarian cancer. Uh, webinar and doing trainings for speakers because we have about a hundred events going on in October and we need to send speakers to all these events. So we're going to have some pre-summit happening now this month. And then from the middle of October to the end of October, everyone should check out the Sharsharet Summit. There's tons of educational opportunities. There's a website that has an educational corner and resources that everyone can access at any time. That are so that are provided by our partners. We have a lot of partners all over the country, um, and then there are also in-person events. So you can check one out. I don't know offhand if there's one in Oklahoma, but if someone's interested in hosting one as part of Sharsharet Summit, give me a call. I'm going to put you on that list. Um, and so that's coming up in mid-October. And really, anyone who sends us their email, we can update you on events that are coming down the pike. And we also have on our website upcoming events. But everything Sharsharit does is every education outreach, everything is free. All of our resources are free. Speaking, you could call our social worker once a day, once a week, once a month, once a year. It doesn't cost you anything. We're very happy. That's what we're here for. We're eager to speak to you. Um, we also provide financial assistance to low-income cancer patients. So if someone is struggling out there financially, call us. We're projected to give away a million dollars this year. So if there's something that we could be helpful with, there are things we're doing like um, human hair wigs, 
microblading, cold capping if women want to try to preserve their hair during chemotherapy. There's also a fund for emergency relief. So, you know, it's nothing to be, you know, ashamed of. Take advantage of what we can offer you. And then not only you can benefit from the financial assistance, but then you have access to our kits. Like if a, if a young mom is going through cancer, we have a busy box where it's a starter kit of toys and games to keep your kids busy while mom is either resting after treatment or going for an appointment. We have a makeup kit called Best Face Forward. So if you're going through chemotherapy and radiation, Charchette will send you, again, free of charge, um, free products that help you outline eyebrows and address the skin changes and um, also has a makeup card. So let's say you have to go for an interview or you have a family celebration. There's a card that was designed by a makeup artist to how to put on makeup when you look a little bit different when you don't have hair. Um, so we have all these kits that we'll send out. If you've just had a mastectomy, we have a mastectomy kit. If you're about to start chemotherapy, we have a chemotherapy kit. So you might be calling because you need financial assistance, but hey, you get the whole package, all these resources and kits that address things that you didn't even know you had to worry about. Sharsharat's already solved the problem by sending you the kit. And again, you don't have to go anywhere. You just put in the order. Everything comes to you. And even for survivors, you know, we know that after cancer, it's so important to eat healthy, exercise, keep your appointments. So we created a survivorship kit that has exercise bands, different cookbooks that you can choose from, a little um, notebook so you can keep track of what doctors you need to see, um, and other really helpful survivorship resources. Free, mailed to you, just give us your name and your address, and it will it will arrive when you need it most. the trouble that try to draw them on and, and then if I get hot, I do this when we're done. So trust me, that is something that we definitely need. Um this is what they call stress there. Distress and worrying about what's going to happen. So that makes us get definitely the same way. So if we're going to put everything that together and follow on so I'm like that's it. So are they able to do that? Uh, it doesn't matter what, uh, like, survivor years they are. It doesn't matter. Right. So, for example, if you're not going in for chemotherapy and radiation, you're not really a candidate for the makeup kit. But if you are, but if you are, you can. Meaning, you're not going to want the makeup kit ten years out because it's not going to be applied for what you need. But the survivorship kit will be um, and other things that we have. So definitely it's worth it to have a conversation with one of our social workers. It's super easy. You call, they connect you with someone, you can email, you can live chat, you can text. We wanna make it easy. We know that you're busy enough as it is with your everyday life, cancer, no one has time for that. So Sharshara will work into your life to make sure that you get what you need, when you want it, how you want it. Is, is a loved one able to order one for them? 
So we've been doing that. We want to be careful about, um, we don't like to stalk people, right? So meaning if someone didn't call share share because they're not ready, we understand. So if a friend orders, what we could do is we could send it to you. So let's say you call us and you say, my friend, you know, my friend Jill is going through this now. And we could say, okay, listen, we can't email, we can't mail it to Jill because Jill hasn't called us yet. And we want Jill to call when she's comfortable, but we could send you, tell us about Jill. We'll send it to you. And then you could give it to Jill so that we, we maintain, you can mail it to her or something like that. The other thing is we also have kits for family members and friends. So if you have a best friend going through it, yes, you can order a kit. You can tell us how old her kids are or whatever, but then we'll also send something for you as a caregiver. Definitely helpful tips and because we know it's hard on you too. It's obviously not the same, but if you're caring for someone and we can help you care for someone you love. Yes. So, and like I said, the first call a lot of times doesn't come from the person who's going through it. It's from their friend. Cause I'd say nine out of 10 times they say, look, my friend isn't ready to call, but she has a doctor's appointment and we don't know what questions to ask. Within three seconds, we will text you as her friend, you're going to see the surgeon tomorrow. These are the 10 top questions you should ask. You should take a notebook with you, take a pen with you, sit with her. You can call us from there also and ask us questions, but we prepare people for every on everyone on your medical team. So if you're going to a plastic surgeon for reconstruction or you're going to the breast surgeon or to a gynon, or you're going to anyone, we can help you prepare for that appointment so that you're asking all the questions so that you have all the information you need to make a good decision on what you should do next. Yeah, so that's why you should call us. Anyone who's concerned or living with breast cancer or ovarian cancer, pick up the phone and call us or email us or text us, we're here. So on Instagram, we're Sharsheret official, I think. Um, and on Facebook, we're Sharsheret. And then on online, we're Sharsheret.org. S-H-A-R-S-H-E-R-E-T.org. But if you, you know, hopefully our search engine's working well and you could find us and uh, try to put us in. But I know that you're sharing it. So if you link us, they'll find us. So if you if you tag us. Pain, fatigue, heart pain, pelvic abdominal pain, urinating frequently, often constipation, going forward, and then pain going back. And so, this is called a silent killer for healer. What is something that you would encourage them if they're going through any of these? Okay, so first of all, every symptom seems normal, right? Which one of us has not had every single one of the? I mean, I'm getting up in the middle of the night, I don't know about anybody else. But so I think it's, you know, if you see that it's happening more than a day or two at a time, like you should not be afraid to call your doctors and tell them and, and say, I was just on a Sharsharat webinar and I heard these are the signs and symptoms. You need to be your best advocate and push your doctor. 
look, ovarian cancer is not so common, but it does happen. So if these symptoms are happening more than a day or so and you're nervous, go to your doctor and mention ovarian cancer. And they'll say like, it's probably not, but you know, thanks, let, let's talk. And then they'll probably see if it continues and connect you to the right doctors. But you can also call Charcheret if you have those symptoms and we'll help you know who, we don't give medical advice, but we can tell you like what doctor you should call, how you should mention it to your doctor. You can call us and we can teach you how to be your own advocate. Yes. And also, if you're not 40, you should be getting a physical exam at your annual checkup. In 10, 10 years. Right. So if you have a mother or a sister who's had breast cancer, let's say at 42, you're not waiting till 40 to do a mammogram. You're going to have one at 32. Oh, and one more thing we should talk about, which I think is very common, is that if you have dense breasts, and there's no way to know this by just looking at them. But dense breast increases the risk for cancer. So you, when you go for your mammogram or you go to your radiologist or your OBGYN or whoever you're talking to, say, do I have dense breasts? They can only figure that out if they do a scan. And once they know you have dense breasts, mammogram's not enough. You have to talk to them about a sonogram and an MRI. So I'm just putting it out there. Dense breasts, a lot of young women have dense breasts. So mention, ask your doctors about it. Oh, you did. They called me back and said, Oh, so today we need to break this because we protect something. So we are going to do another call. So, and so we need to take you at 4 MRI. And they did mention that you have just read, they've learned about something that they saw, about the father suffering. It's it's cold. the waiting period. It's terrible. You know, and I just did one last month ago, and I Yay. No, that's good. And everyone who's listening, like, literally, you need to you need to keep your appointments. We know that in COVID, a lot of people delayed appointments and are hard getting back into the routine. But you know what, guys? Make those appointments. You got to do it. Definitely. Same. I hear it all the time. It's terrible. I know I talk a lot. I'm sorry. I just like, I'm very passionate about this and I want everybody to be okay. So I can't keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Thank you.
built their website to connect with them for resources or support for your family or just for yourself. Um, and no, early. And don't be afraid. Have someone that you can talk to, whether it's a social worker, friends, whomever. Um, but just reach out and get that support that you need. I do want to say, if you are on, um, if you're a follower on social media, thank you for the support. I do want to let you guys know you made it with little echo, and that's because we've been having so helping a well, you're not, you're not, your phone is not tripping. It's, it's happening. But anyway, it's, so we want to wrap up the looks, guys. So to make sure you tune in next week, for sure it's a Tuesday. Follow me on all social. From everything that you do. And I do appreciate you following me. And thank you again, Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Really, really appreciate it. And I feel so honored that you welcomed us. Thank you. You got it. Thank you.